Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's it like when one of your friends on death row is led away to be executed? You have a prepaid call from William A. Sapira. An inmate at the California State Prison, San Quentin. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I had to be a different complete guy, which is the guy who walked walkways of St. Quentin's death row and without a gang, without a, a group of people around you, it was just me. Soon after you went into to be on death row, and you didn't really understand the prison workout system so much. But then he said, we're going to do 75 sets of it. To me, that seems extreme. So I'm wondering if there's a danger of overtraining, wearing yourself out so that you're... <laughs> no, no, that's actually funny. That's, and it's funny. I'll tell you why. I'm gonna... That's a good one, Matt. No, I'll tell you why. Welcome to Death Row Diaries, the only podcast hosted live from Death Row. I'm Matt Ralston. And I'm William Nogueira. Bill, we get a lot of questions. People have a lot of questions. I mean, how often does the average person, you know, really get to ask someone who's on death row what it's like? And not very often, right? I guess that's a that's a very curious question. People always want to know what goes on behind the walls of San Quentin's death row. I mean, this place is legendary. And it's it's spooky. It's you know the worst killers in the world are here. So that, I'm sure that crosses a lot of people's minds. So I expect those questions usually. Yeah, and you can send those for a future episode to our Instagram or Facebook pages, which are at Death Row Diaries on both of those. Also, check out our Patreon page. That is patreon.com slash Diaries. And now, if you are using Spotify, you will see that the Patreon uh, content is available on there as well, which you can unlock for, I believe it's $5 a month. So, yeah, and if there's any confusion, the Patreon people, you know, they're, they're very loyal. So, they're like, hey, you know, are you guys giving... Other people's stuff that we don't have access to? No. Indeed, we're not. It's all the same stuff. So anyway, Bill, let's get to these questions. Now, this comes from Judy. And she says, we're in a politically correct time. Uh, Hookers, prostitutes are called sex workers. Drug addicts are called substance abusers. And yet... Death row is such a frightening term. Uh, you would think that there might be another word for it. She suggests the Kurt Cobain Center for those experiencing mortality insecurity. Um, Bill, is death row actually called death row, or is that just what you call it? No, it's called death row. You know, some people call it condemn row. That's pretty 
you know, dubious as well, but look, I don't believe in political correctness. <laughs> I just don't. Calling people who are drug addicts, uh, you know, whatever abusers and people who, I mean, look, in today's day and age, everybody has an excuse of why they are. You can't say someone is, you know, morbidly obese because it, 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 it insults somebody. Now, I get that, but you got to call it what it is. I mean, if the person's morbidly obese, he's freaking fat. What do you want me to tell you? I tell you he's, he's uh, calorie, uh, you know, I don't know. What would you call a person that's obese that, that you really don't know how to call it? Like, you can't call people nice names because you want to be politically correct. It just doesn't work. If the guy is, you know, physically challenged, he's a freaking lame, okay? I mean, if, he's, if the guy's a, a killer, you call him a killer. You don't call him someone that's, you know, <laughs> life-challenged or something. Come on. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, look. I'm always going to be the guy who says the wrong thing at the wrong time, but I'm just calling it as I see it. I'm not the guy who's going to, you know, try and, and and make everybody feel at home. Killing somebody's a bad thing. These guys are killers. They're murderers. They're serial killers. They're not you know, a life-challenged person or a person who's, it just doesn't work for me. He's a killer. Death row is death row. I think we're pretty much in agreement on the uh, often ridiculous nature of PC terminology, but Bill, it's insane that it's still called death row. Like you just don't see that anymore. Nothing is called exactly what it is. And like death row, that sounds so uh, 18th century to me. Yeah, no, you are right on that. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. But this is a bad place. You gotta call it what it is. Prison isn't called. What, what, are, what are prisons called now? Correctional uh, facilities. Know, oh fuck. Okay, <laughs> I get that. But listen, look, it's a freaking prison. It's a penitentiary. You know, I, I love it when people start coming off with this stuff. That, for example, you know, the guy is a drug addict, or he's an alcoholic, or he's morbidly obese, and they tell you that they have a disease. That this is not something that you choose to do. I beg to differ. If being an alcoholic or a drug addict is a disease, then you might as well start calling me Dr. Bill because I have the cure. It's simple. Stop using drugs. Stop drinking. There it is. That's the solution. I I don't want to hear all this stuff that, oh my God, I mean, I just can't stop drinking. Uh, I just can't stop using the drugs. So next thing you know, guys that rob banks will say, well, look, I did so to support the disease that I have, and I have no control, so that would be a liable defense nowadays, right? Come on, man, look, let's just call it what it is. All that PC stuff is just garbage. Yeah, I mean, if alcohol is not available, then suddenly your disease is cured. Like, what other disease could be cured just by moving to Saudi Arabia? Right? Exactly. I bet you those guys stop drinking if it's a, a punishment by death. <laughs> hell yeah, they're gonna stop drinking. Yeah. I mean, that's all, it's just they're just a bunch. Every of these days is a freaking victim. I get that. I don't talk about victims of homicide. I'm not a victim in whole life. If someone looks at you funny, oh my god, you gotta sue that person. At some point, you gotta just put a pair of pants on and say, hey, look, I have an issue. I'm gonna deal with it. I'm gonna man up, admit it own it and say, look, I have a problem. I drink too much. I do this. I, I, 
Well, next thing you know, guys who abuse their wives will say, well, it's just a disease. I can't control myself. Come on. Yeah. I mean, if I... If I had to pick a disease, you know, if, uh, between testicular cancer and, oh, I don't know, hepatitis C, I would definitely pick alcoholism. You know, it's like, what are the symptoms of your disease? Well, I hang out in bars and hit on ladies of the night all night and, uh, you know, bet on sports. Uh, the, so, yeah, I don't think it's terminal. I'm not endorsing alcoholism. I'm just saying if that's a disease, it's sounding pretty good. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. That gambling is a disease. No, it's not. Stop freaking gambling. Uh, you know, or, or substitute. Play basketball. Work out. Hell, feed the homeless. How about that? Yeah, so we're going to call death row what it is. It's death row. So you're looking at murders are and where they're supposed to be executed, which we know they're not going to. But look, it is what it is. And I like the term death row. It's the reason we have... The name of our podcast is called Death Row Diaries. You know, if you called it the place where guys go because they're going to be terminated, their, their lives will be terminated, then the sound is good. Is there an actual sign? I'm picturing, uh, you know, a down-home kind of sign that hangs above a door uh, that you walk into. You know, like you see these little placards hanging in, uh, bathrooms. Sure. And is there a death row sign that someone painted and to make it more friendly? Yeah. No, there's a freaking sign. A, when you enter into East Block, there's a huge black steel door. It looks like a freaking medieval camp, uh, castle. And at the very top, it said, it used to say death row. Now it says condemned. Okay, so there it is. Hmm. Okay. Jack wrote in and he says, Bill, I've noticed that very few things are segregated anymore. And we look down on segregation as we probably should. Now there's a few examples of things where, you know, they're separated by sex. Some gyms are, um, which I personally don't understand. Cause you know, women are like, we want to be able to work out without guys, ogling and harassing us i've i go to a gym i've been to a bunch of gyms around la i've never seen a guy harassing a woman not to say it doesn't exist but some people want to have a problem they just they really want to have a problem and they and they don't have any problems um but I'm trying to think of other things that are segregated there there aren't very many um but prison is prison is one of the last things that are segregated in in this country and i don't hear a lot of calls from from the people looking at uh, equality uh, also there's a, a few women's colleges i think but anyway not a lot of calls to desegregate prisons no 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 there aren't should there be Well, Bill, he's he's okay. talking about he he's talking about gender. Well, look, okay, so on the risk of sounding 
like a male chauvinist pig. You do not. And, and, and it's happening now. We're getting these guys who change sexes, and then they go to a women's prison. And women who change sexes. And I, I don't know the politically correct statement for a person in transition. Oh, I'm not even going to get into that, ladies and gentlemen. But they're transferring them into male prisons. Okay, I get the the the, 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 the state of mind that politicians and people in the system want. That's a bad idea, okay? And let me just tell you, it is a bad idea. You have a lot of men in prison who are sexually frustrated. They're not getting sex, and they're alpha males. They spend all day working out. They're young, age 18 to 30. Their testosterone levels are up. You put a, a person who was born a female into a male population, there's gonna be problems. The same thing if you leave a, a male who's trans, transferring or transforming a woman in a male prison. That is a bad idea. I don't subscribe to that particular mindset. I'm in control of all of my faculties. I'm not going. I don't think that rape is a is a what do you call it? So what am I looking for? Because I'm. If you rape a man, woman, or child, you're the rapist to me. Well, they should just take you out and just shoot you. Okay? That's how I feel about it. If you don't like it, I don't care. But other people in prison don't feel that way. They feel that the person's less than they are, so they're going to do what they want to do. So I don't think it's a good idea. It really is not. And, you know, if, if people trans... Um, Transition. Transferring or... Transition, yeah, I, I got that word all screwed up. Into another sex, there should be a special place for these people so they're not harmed. We don't want these people harmed. But if you put them in a regular prison setting, there's going to be problems. Let me call you back. Hey, man. Yeah, so there are trans men in San Quentin prison for a fact? Yeah, well, there, there are rumors going around now that they're going to bring in um, individuals who are born female have transitioned to male and they're going to keep them here uh, it's a bad idea I, I understand that everyone's equal and everybody wants to i get it but i don't think it's a good idea because you're dealing with a criminal element you're not thinking about you know girls are going to the boys scouts or boy scouts that want to play girls I, I don't believe that should be done but again people are going to do what they're going to do and it's their business i don't subscribe to that type of mentality like i don't subscribe to the mentality that you should get a participation sport for playing a game of baseball. Either you win or you lose. Because you start training kids to think that they could lose in life and still win. It doesn't work that way. So I, I don't think it's a good idea because there's going to be problems. Now, if you're talking about a, a lower-level prison, possibly you can get away with it. But I don't believe in a, in a level three or four prison like death row, is that a good idea? Because um, you're... You're tempted to fate, man. You're playing, you're dancing on a minefield if that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I know people, a lot of people really don't care for getting into the details, which I think is absurd. Um, but, you know, it's considered offensive. But I would like to know, are these men going to have the lady parts? idea but i believe when you transition to another gender you change your your gender as well uh, which is everybody's pro if you want to do that hey i have no problem with that every person has the right this is 
you know, Matt, you know, I've talked about this stuff. I believe that every person has a right in this country, right to freedom, right to happiness, right to every, every person, not just one person or a group, everyone. But we have to look at these people's um, safety as well. You're not dealing with a community center in a local, uh, you know, neighborhood. You're talking about a prison setting with criminal mentalities and criminals. Whole different animal. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to be progressive, let's not focus on putting trans people into various prisons in the name of equality. How about we talk about having less people in prison because this country has the most people in prison of any country ever in the history of the world. And that's not to say I don't want rapists and child molesters and murderers in prison, but uh, obviously there's way too many. So I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, people are almost like prisoners, right? If you put someone in prison, you know, these guys, they start writing letters about the, the quality of the food and they want vegan food and they start complaining and complaining. I, I feel like that's half of America right now. You've been somewhat disenfranchised. So you start having stupid ass ideas like putting, you know, trans people into prisons that don't correspond to their uh, biological sex and they're going to get brutalized or taken advantage of. It's like Elliot page. You probably don't know who that is formerly Ellen page. Uh, an actress now an actor you put a a woman who's now a man in prison guess what 90 pound man not something you see very often and uh they're gonna pick on the weak right yeah and this this look it also the the, the young woman who transitioned to male who was she was a free person she could do what she wants or she could do whatever he wants to do I agree, I support that 100%. But we had a situation here on death row where you had a person by the name of Jesse Hahn. Okay, now Jesse Hahn, and you know, I normally don't speak about people in prison or on death row here because they're pills, but I could give a good damn about this one. So Jesse Hahn, who became Jessica Hahn, I know it sounds kind of crazy, uh, murdered an infant, hurt his own, or hurt infant, stuck with Tupperware balls, and throw them in a, in a freaking storage bin, okay? I got a big problem with that. Well, this guy decides was on death row that he wants to become a woman. And, of course, he, you know, he went to the community, the LGBTQ community, and got them to back him up. If he was a free person, I'm all for it. He's on death row. I don't think that spending millions of taxpayer dollars to get him to change from a male to a female is on the agenda. He is now at a woman's prison because they transitioned into a female. I know that this is a politically charged issue that I'm talking about. If he is a free person or a person has a chance to get out because of good behavior, we should not stand their way. That person should receive all the benefits they can get. If he's on death row for that reason and he's never going to get out, eh, there's a big question mark right there, uh, Matt, as to should the taxpayer flip that bill okay that's just me yeah whether they should or not and obviously we have to you know disclaimer this to death i'm totally great with trans people love them do what you want to do that's great there's no way in hell i mean what are you goddamn retarded this dude should not 
okay, this woman, formerly, formerly a dude, should not be in a women's prison. That is a disaster and a headline waiting to happen. How long before he sexually assaults somebody? What, t- 20 minutes, two days? Do we, do we want to, you know, keep a, a ticker on this? This is absurd. Yeah, well, I mean, and it wasn't, and here's the, here's the, the catcher for you. He's not a, he wasn't formerly a male who's turned into a woman who likes men. He is a man transitioning into a woman who's now a lesbian, so he likes women. So you basically put a person with a mental, a male mental picture into a woman's person. <laughs> right. you, can't make, you can't make this stuff up. Do you think he's sincere in his, uh, hold on, what's the word? Identification? Well, his identification, but his, his gender dysphoria, or is he thinking, how can I get into a, a place with a bunch of women? Well, I think that he's, he's legitimate. I mean, they, they perform surgery. They, no longer male, no. so he's serious. That's a pretty serious thing. But he also likes women, or she also likes women. So again, I'm not saying this should not be done for your normal human beings, a taxpayer who's a good person, but for a person stuck in prison uh, on death row, uh, yeah, there's a question. I'm only posing the question. I'm not saying what they should do, but I digress. Yes, let's move on. Adam asks, "Hey, Bill." You got a lot of time to read in prison. This is a two-part question. So what's the best book you ever read? You know, something that you probably wouldn't have read if you had not been locked up. And then secondly, who is the most well-read prisoner you've ever met? I'm thinking Adam might watch a lot of movies because I, I, I'm picturing the genius... Uh, professorial prisoner. I don't know if he exists, but uh, what what do you think? Well, in my opinion, I mean, it depends on what he's talking about. He's talking about books on education, history, uh, politics. There's a lot of guys in prison that get involved in politics. And I don't know why, but they do it. As far as the first, the best book I've ever read while I was in prison, there's been several. I like The Count of Monte Cristo. That's my favorite book. And you could probably... See the reason why, if you actually read the book. So, um, as far as the most educated person I've ever run across in prison, I really can't give you a definite answer. A lot of guys in prison do a lot of reason reading, and everybody in prison becomes a philosopher. The problem I got with that is they really don't apply that to regular life because they're living in a cubicle and they're talking about things that they would do or what they would if they were given the chance. So. It's like a armchair quarterback. He's saying that he would do X, Y, Z on the field, but we haven't seen him play the game. The last time he played it, he got sacked. The guy in prison was talking about this stuff, got sacked in life as well. So it's a little bit different. I understand what he's talking about, but there are a lot of people that read a lot of different types of books in prison. I speak the common sense. I like the behavioral sciences. That's what I do. I study serial killers. That's what I like. That's what I do, and that's what I think I'm good at. Was there anyone you've met that became an expert or just very well read up, like an authority on something that didn't involve, you know, the law and how to get out of prison or how to break into banks once you get out of prison, but 
you know, someone that got into physics or chemistry or something like that, or, or anything, you know, I don't know, horses, whatever. Yeah, I, I've never met anybody in that, you know, chemistry. None of the things that can be applied to the real world, it's all follow philosophies. It's workout routines, it's history, it's stuff that you really can't make a living off. But they enjoy it because it, it, it establishes them as superior to other people in some way, shape, or form, racially, or whatever. This is what guys in prisons do. They, they look for something, they read up on it, to become superior to another race. It's why they say this is why the, the people that who are, are, are green with polka dots are superior to people who are red with polka dots. That's what they look for. Um, I don't know anybody who studied behavior like I have for serial killers for the safety of the general public or to educate the public on these particular people. I have a different outlook on life. I have a different, um, you know, I've accepted responsibility for what I've done and I and I believe I have a debt that takes society. So in, in that way of thinking, I have an expertise which is human behavior, so I'm trying to teach and give people a little bit of insight so they don't get in a situation where they're being Have you ever, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but have you ever furthered your education, like uh, debated getting a degree in psychology or uh, something like that, human behavior? Well, I studied a number of books. All the books that most people with, with master's degree or PhDs, I've read those books. I don't need to do it in the classroom, but they're just telling me what I should do because the problem is that that's all academic. It's like reading a book on flying a plane. Unless you actually fly a plane, you know, or reading a book on how to operate. Are you going to read a book and then operate on yourself? It just doesn't make any sense to do that. So I have studied all the academic books, a lot of them, on psychology, human behavior, traits. I've read books on serial killers just to compare the notes of the real thing that I've actually studied live. And that's what makes, I believe, me gives me a bit of insight that other people can't have. It's like what Jane Goodall did by going into the jungles, the forest, where she studied gorillas firsthand. She gave insight into their behavioral traits because she lived among them. They did things that no one else saw. That's what I bring to the table, is that I live among these guys, I study these guys, both academically as well as in live person when they don't know I'm looking at them. So I see things that no one else has ever seen before. That's why when I write a book about serial killers, I have written one which is coming out in 2023, it'll have insights that no one else has ever talked about. Call me the Jane Goodall of serial killers. Yeah, I have a lot of, well, I have a few friends that are wildlife experts, um, a friend that produces a lot of shows that you see on uh, National Geographic, etc. They also have a podcast called wild times podcast which i'll plug it's really good if you like animals and stuff anyway point being they are frustrated because you have academics and this guy is an expert on whales and he teaches at he might even teach at a northwestern somewhere quite far from marine life and he's an expert on this right and they don't like to give credit so, so my friend's point is like, all right, the, the guy that is a, a native, you know, that has grown up on the ocean that goes fishing every day, he knows way more about whales than this professor who might only go out into the field a week or two out of the year and then goes back and starts writing about it. And they don't give 
the proper respect to people who see these these animals every day and by nature know far more about them than any of these academics could. Uh, let's pick that up when you get back. Yeah, so what do these guys miss? What are the professionals, the academics, the people that write the books for the most part? What do do they miss? Like, what do you know that they don't know? Well, they miss a lot of it. They miss all the essential things. Anybody can tell you, okay, there's an ass car right there. You jump in the driver's side, you start the engine, you put it in first gear, and you go second gear, third, fourth, and you drive around the track in the oval, and you keep going as fast as you can, and if you beat all the other cars, you win a race, and you're a champion. Pretty straightforward, right? Okay. Now, get that guy to jump in the car and do it. You can't do it. You won't do it in a million years. It's because academics tell you the obvious. Academics have a place in this life. I absolutely agree that they should be in the classroom teaching. But those who know how don't teach normally. And those are law enforcement have an insight that other people don't have. They're on the field. They know what it feels like to be in a beat. They know how to feel. I've taken things a little bit to a different level, to a higher level. I live in the system. I understand what I'm looking for. I've studied academically everything there is to study about serial killers. I've read all the books, and they have some insights. But I only read the books because I want to compare it to what I know. And there is 90% of what they've written about serial killers is completely wrong. Because they took the example of one killer who happened to talk to them, and he gave them a few pieces. And they put together out of different killers a Frankenstein that they invented. I can tell you, when I tell other serial killers what is written, they can't stop laughing because every serial killer is different. And I've, I've lived with, interviewed with dozens of them, over 40 of them, that I became extremely close to talk to them. I was wearing a mask. I fooled them into opening the door to their minds so I could live in those minds and learn everything I can. An academic can't do that. He comes to a visiting room, talks to a serial killer for 20 minutes, half an hour, gives a hamburger, and of course, that serial killer is putting on a performance worthy of an Oscar. He's giving that guy every cue that he believes in. That serial killers do this. Well, he does that. He's performing. That's not the truth. That's a person in a very controlled situation giving an interested party what they want to hear. That's all it is. A perfect example of that is Ed Kemper. It's a freaking better speech. Give that guy an Oscar. Yeah. That guy talks about bullshit. Yeah, those guys, if Ed Kemper got out of prison, they would just let Ed Kemper move into their house and, like, hang out with their kids. Just as long as he kept talking, they would be game for it. Yeah, and you'd come home one day, you'd find every head chopped off, and you'd probably have sex in the head in the closet. <laughs> come on, man. Look, I am not a serial killer. I'm a person that's convicted of a murder, placed on death row for a crime committed at 18 years of age, and decided along the way, huh. I have a, a unique set of tools that I can use to exact information from serial killers in order to make society safer and individuals safer. That's why I, I close the show by saying, be aware of your surroundings, your life, and depend on it. 
It's those words exactly why the reason I do this. No one else can do this because when they come to prison, people are caught up in their own thing. I'm looking for a way to pay a debt back to society. This is the way I do it. I'm passionate about it, and I live it. No other academic can do that. Along the lines of that, Bill, what's the psychology behind this? Because I always wonder this when I watch TV uh, or, or documentaries. More so documentaries. Anyway, so there's a serial killer or a violent murderer, and he's being interviewed by a journalist or he's being detained and interviewed by a detective. And sometimes he's restrained, but usually they're not. How come it never happens that the guy just lunges at and kills the person they're talking to? I feel like it should happen more often. That's a good question, but for the most part, they're trying to tell them that they're innocent. Or they're trying to wiggle a deal or only give up certain information. Every person has a different reason. The reason they don't do that, usually killers are not violent in terms of when they're in controlled environments that they're not in control of. For example, I mentioned that Richard Ramirez went to the yard here on death row. On the streets, he was an apex predator. You know, people were afraid of him. He came to prison, he got jumped, beat up, and stabbed. Because he's not a predator. In here, there are real predators. He's just a victim. And that's why you don't see serial killers during an interview lunch and try and kill law enforcement. Because, well, let me just, let's just put it out there and it is what it is. When you're a child molester or a rapist, or all, you're not the toughest guy in the world. You're a tough guy in that situation when you have a, a child that you're, you're trying to do something to that child. You're not a tough guy when it comes to other guys. No, that's exactly why it doesn't happen. Becky says, hey, Bill, what's on your travel bucket list? When you get out of prison, is there a place in the United States or... A country that you would like to visit? Yeah, I've addressed this before. I, I don't think about getting out. I, I live every day behind these walls, and when I step out of my cell, I say, today they'll try to kill me. That's my mentality. I don't think about going to other parts of the country. I, I just don't. I, I fell into that when they reversed my conviction in 2017 in order to be released. Well, as you guys can tell, I'm still in prison after five more years. So that was a huge blow to me. I don't do that anymore. I don't think about other countries, other places, nothing. It doesn't cross my mind. And if it starts to, I immediately shut that door. I have to live where I'm at today and keep my sanity and continue on. If you start thinking about women and cars and, you know, and, and traveling, that bucket list overwhelms you. And that's how guys commit suicide. That's how guys lose their minds in prison. Simon writes in, Simon, this is a weird question. He says, pornography has been made illegal in San Quentin on death row. I believe that he's correct in that. Do you think it would do any good for guys to have pornography so maybe they're less stressed and aggressive and further would there be less violence in the prison if strippers were allowed to come in every week <laughs> no because the guys would fight over strippers like pornography has nothing to do with the violence in prison it does there is no connection people think that it, it 
does want the freaking idiots and their academics that believe that sexuality and, ex- and exploring and expressing yourself sexually lowers your level of aggression. That's crap. That's what academics know what the hell they're talking about talk about. It doesn't matter if you have porn films on TV every day. It doesn't matter if you have strippers coming into prison. Violence happens on prison because of debts, personal issues, gang affiliation, and because people just don't like each other. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized maybe it's really obvious, but of course guys wouldn't like each other because they're almost all pieces of trash. Like, why would a total piece of shit like another another guy like like can they can they see like oh this guy's like me and i kind of hate myself i know what i am so why would i like this other guy you know well i, I don't think it's like that when it comes to conflicts and stuff they they group because of race and they all love each other they're brothers to each other but they hate other people other races that's all california is um so these guys never the ones that hate each other, they, kill it. they just hang themselves. But while in prison, there's a bit of elitism, there's a bit of superiority. It has to race. Each race has their elite. So, I mean, I, I, I do differ uh, and disagree with when you say, well, they all think that they, they don't think that way. They may think that another person may be a piece of shit because of his crime, child molestation, rape, etc. And then they'll victimize that person, they'll kill them. But they don't think of themselves that way at least the ones i don't know yeah that makes sense billy writes in and he says bill on a previous episode i heard you mentioned that you're going to be getting this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded that you're going to be getting tablets that will allow you to access the internet do you think this will change is that right Well, I, I'll tell you why. We are going to get tablets at some point. There's a contract with I believe Global Telling who provides us with these with the ability to make phone calls, like to you, Matt. They're going to give these tablets to us, but they do not have any type of online or the internet access. What they have is the ability to make phone calls, the ability to uh, read ebooks, but you buy them from a vendor that prison supplies. There is no outside online service. You'll be able to buy games. You'll be able to buy movies, you'll be able to buy um, you can listen to like streaming radio or big podcasts as well, at least this is what I've read I don't have one, they haven't issued them out to us yet, they should be coming around in the next 4-6 to six months but absolutely these tablets will not will not have internet access what do you think would happen if everyone there just had unfettered internet access like to just go online all day nothing what could happen what 99% of the population has internet access they haven't turned into serial killers or weirdos or so no the guys would probably become more educated they would learn more I, I would think I would hope my hope is that people would use it as a tool to educate themselves and learn I can't see a bad thing in it I mean could someone threaten something sure Someone can threaten someone right now with this phone. Hold on. Who's going to call those people? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's so ridiculous. They they could just drop off a slip of paper, right? Well, you don't think that guys would just become obsessed with setting up like fake dating profiles and getting nudes? Well, yeah, but again, at some point that gets old, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, that's a good question. But look, there's going to be the ones that do weird things. There's people on the street that do weird things. So, but the overall, um, I think, picture would make things probably better. Guys would probably be. It'd be easier to control guys because if you if you get guys who get obsessed with this stuff, then you say we're going to take it away from you if you screw up, you, you harm somebody, you assault somebody. It could be one of those rewards that you get, something like that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's interesting. I think you're right about that. All right, man. Now, Bill, let, let's do a quick quiz here. I'm curious because you've never had a cell phone. You don't text. You don't do DMs. There's a whole language here. You know, you you might have to learn this when you get out. Do you know what TBH means? TBH? Like dog, dog, house? No, T, T is in Tom, B is in Bob, H. TBH. No. That means... To, what does it mean? It means to be honest. Do you know what XOXO means? Oh yeah, XO, XO. I, I watched Gossip Girl about fourteen years ago, and he used to say it's like XO, XO, like hugs and kisses, right? That's right. Do you know what I M H O means? No, what the hell is that? That means, in my humble opinion, you know what the. Oh, God, why not just write the freaking thing? Why not write in my humble opinion? Uh, because you know the. You're you're pretending like uh, no one knows what you're talking about when you write. Like this is an oh, inside God. thing. Only the really cool people could possibly decipher this brilliant uh, this this brilliant code. Uh, do you know what the peach emoji means? Somebody has a nice ass. Yes. Do you know what the eggplant emoji means? <laughs> Oh yeah, eggplant. Right. Well, it just it's it's you know a guy's a guy's uh, member, regardless of race, is uh, is an eggplant. Oh seriously, we're gonna freaking talk about Goose Johnsons on freaking our podcast, man? What's going on, man? <laughs> is this something I should know? All right, last one. Uh, an emoji of a plate of noodles. What does that mean? You're Italian. No, it means send nudes, because nudes and noodles are essentially oh, the same. Get the hell. 
I don't you know, I don't like it any more than you do, Bill. I'm just letting you know what's going on. That's like the you know what that's what it reminds me of? You know, I surfed when I was out a kid, you know, I was in a group of surfers that we hang out together and stuff. And there's always these clowns that would come by that have book shells on, these freaking left bank shirts on, Zeppelin pants on, and they, they didn't surf, but they looked the part. They my god, my god, they looked like surfers. And then every other word was, Hey dude and it's like get this is what this reminds me of. People trying too hard to be too cool, right? And you can always smell a lame a mile away. Completely agree. If you want uh yeah, if you want a nude, just come out and say it. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff right there, buddy. So, last question. David writes in, and he says, Bill, do you think anyone will ever be executed again in California in the future? No. Well, in the future, maybe 50, 60 years, maybe we go back in time and become idiots again because, as I mentioned a thousand times, this is just a money machine that politicians use to look like hard on crime when nothing can be further from the truth. So the answer is, I do not believe so. With the present governor we have, who's a progressive, who's actually about common sense, and he's, he's actually a pretty, it's interesting, I don't like politicians, but the governor we have right now is a pretty intelligent guy, and he's actually freaking honest, which blows my freaking mind. So, I don't believe so. I believe that the current death row will be demolished. I believe that all these sentences at some point will be commuted and we will look at this as some kind of barbaric act in the next hundred years and thinking like people would say, no shit, actually executed people for shit. So that's my opinion. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up. We want to thank you guys for submitting those questions. They were very well thought out. And again, feel free to send them in to our Instagram and Facebook page at death row diaries also check out uh the patreon page and if you're listening to the podcast you know if you need a certain app if you're listening to it on your computer which some of our old head uh listeners might be it's quite a bit easier to do it on your phone i i recommend spotify i don't have you know any stock in it i'm not an investor in it they're not paying me to say that but it's just an easy way to listen to the show and take it with you but do whatever you may bill anything to add in closing only that be very careful in the questions you send me i'm just gonna give you an, uh, an honest answer and usually my honest answers are really based on only on my opinions um do i think i'm right yeah probably but be careful because if you ask a question and i give you that answer don't be insulted that i give you an answer that's not politically correct I'm not about politics, I'm about the truth, I'm about common sense, and I like to at least educate people on why I feel the way I do. I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. We'll see you next time. Until then, I've been Matt Ralston. And I'm William DeGuerra. Be safe, be aware of your surroundings, your life can depend on it. We'll see you next time.